Would you like me to wear more dresses around the house? Um, is this a reference to some kind of like traditional mom influencer? Yes. Thing like that? Yes. I think most of that is kind of silly. Would you like me to do my, do my hair in a certain way? Not particularly. I think your hair looks nice. Are you Are you okay with me socializing with men when you are not present? Uh, yeah, I, I, I am. I'm not paranoid about that. I think that if you're paranoid about that, you got a problem in your relationship. I agree. I agree. Would you Would you like it if if I if I if I wore more lipstick? I don't like lipstick. <laughs> that was my very confused husband, Nick, when I asked him questions about how I could be a better traditional submissive wife for him. You asked for trad wives, and now I am delivering trad wives to you. This is the first in what may be many episodes about hashtag tradwives, because there is just so much to unpack about the trend of women on social media portraying what they see as traditional wifehood. Now, if you are new to tradwives, it's a vibe. It's a vibe of submissive wifehood. Think women dressed like Donna Reed or Betty Draper. They cook, they clean. And they talk about things that I personally find very dangerous. They talk about how women belong in the home and only the home. They talk about how college steals the time that women should be breeding. One thing that gets me about these accounts is that we always see them in beautiful dresses doing beautiful things. Like the nice things to do around a house. Pulling an apple crisp out of the oven or calmly vacuuming. What we're not seeing is the nitty-gritty of keeping a house. We don't see anyone in a puffy-sleeved dress cleaning out their toilet, or pulling hair out of the shower drain, or picking up dog poop from the backyard. We just, we don't, we don't see them do those things because I don't believe they actually wear a full face of makeup and a dress to do those things. And that proves to me that a lot of this is just performative. This trend is only getting bigger and more widespread. But thankfully, there are a lot of smart women out there dissecting it. And one of those is the one and only Anne Helen Peterson. She is an incredible journalist, author, and creator of the Substack Culture Study, as well as the host of the podcast Work Appropriate. Much like I do, she has thoughts on hashtag Chadwives. And we are here to just lay out a primer for what this world of hashtag tradwives actually looks like right now. I've got to tell you, I love everything you're doing right now. You just recently did, I'm trying to remember if I saw it, was it on Burt Toast? But you yes. had a conversation with Virginia. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we all operate in the same like larger sphere. Um, <laughs> Which is great. We're all, I love we're it. all in the in the cultural zeitgeist exactly. right now. Exactly. I like to say. And my my audience has been begging me for an episode on Tradwives. Mm. And I feel like you have as much to say about Tradwives as I do. So having Wait. you on to just kick off what will be a multi-part episode on, on Chadwives has me very excited. I'm very, I'm very happy that we get to do this today. Awesome. I'm ready. Okay. So you have written a lot about, about Chadwives. I want to start out for our audience 
defining what we would say a trad wife is, a hashtag trad wife, because I think there's lots of different ways of being a trad wife and they all get lumped together, which is something that you've written about too. Yeah, yeah. So I think that what we have to clarify is that this idea of a traditional wife is really, it stems from like evangelical fundamentalist Christianity. Um, and it's traditional femininity. It's a, like a godly way of behaving as a woman. Like there are all of these texts that come from fundamentalist Christianity. Some of them are from the various like schools of thought and theology that are related to, say, like the Duggars. Um, some of them are just people from what are sometimes called independent churches who just have these ideas about like wives submit and all of the things that that would mean. Uh, and that is, I think, like that is the OG. That is the that is the mm -hmm. template. And there are all of these other groups that either are taking inspiration from those trad wife re representations or they are from religious sex and i'm saying sex s e c t s sometimes Sect that is so um, it's a hard word it's a hard word on a podcast yeah that have overlap with those fundamentalist evangelical christianity representations if you look up hashtag #tradwife on Instagram or TikTok, you will often see in the personal bio also a Jesus wife. Yeah. Um, well, there, there's all there... sorts of like phrases, right? It's like God fearing mama, right? Or yes. um, uh, like God, God loving. God loving. God loving is a big one. Mm -hmm. uh, like I love my kids and Jesus. Um, there's just like different phrases that are those tip offs. And I'll say that that is really essential to this type of evangelical trad wife. You will not see that in like a Mormon mom, like that sort of trad wife. Like right. it's a different sort. It's a there. It's a subtle distinction, but it's a it's a crucial one. And part of it is the way that evangelical Christians and Mormons who are Christians, but who are not, I think, I, I don't group them with evangelical Christians as a, as a larger group. No, no. They proselytize in different ways, and they think about their proselytizing in different ways. They have different tactics for their proselytizing. Mormons yes. are more subtle. Um, Mormon, Mormons are way more subtle. And that's why I think with a lot of the Mormon mom influencers, in the very beginning, a lot of people didn't even realize yep. that they were Mormon uh, and that and that so many of them also knew each other, that they were almost a clique of women who were very close. A lot of them went to the same church because they keep their religion very much on the down low, almost as if it's buy into our lifestyle. And then we'll tell you a little bit more about our religion, whereas some of the evangelical trad wives are very in your face. We Jesus love Jesus. Forward. Jesus, Jesus forward. <laughs> they are well, they're Jesus forward. That is such a good adjective. <laughs> well, so first I should I should also put some of my like background uh in the forefront just to give some some context on like where I'm coming from with this. So I grew up Presbyterian, but during a period in time when even like all of these what are called mainline religions, so like Presbyterianism, Lutherans, like Lutherans, all these sorts of 
Protestant religions, even Catholicism, we're getting this real infusion of evangelical light or some sort of version of that. Like we're coming into like the culture. I also grew up in Idaho and Idaho has the highest LDS density in the United States. People often think it's Utah. That's false. It's actually Idaho. Uh, I know a lot about the philosophy of proselytizing within the Mormon church. I think I, I got really interested in it as I got older. I was like, oh, how is this working? Like, why are so many LDS kids uh, on student government? Why do they seemingly all play sports in some capacity? And if you talk to kids about it, I talked to my friends about it. I was like, you know, part of what we're trying to do is be visible as like people who are really involved, right? Like, mm -hmm. we want to be people who are invested in our community and, and have that be really forward facing. And, you know, one thing that like in other countries that the LDS church does is they, instead of, you know, they have people who knock on doors and say, like, have you heard about our church and that sort of thing? But they're also just very involved culture wise in like, there's this famous story that I heard a bunch when I was growing up about how LDS missionaries hooked up cable in, uh, I think this was in uh, like Bolivia or Paraguay. They hooked up TV basically to a bunch of houses. And it was a channel that you got a lot of BYU basketball. So then when the missionaries showed up on your door, it wasn't, have you heard about our church? It's, do you know, those people that you see on your TV, like we are part of that larger organization. So it's a more subtle and a more effective way of um, getting in the door. The trad wife style of Mormons is different than evangelical Christians who are much more likely to be the people who are like in the middle of the farmer's market yelling like, have you heard about our friend Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and then and that's what I've noticed too. But I but I think that is an important distinction when we're talking about hashtag trad wives, because a lot of the like a lot of the big trad wife accounts, they are evangelical Christians. Yeah. And the the linchpin of most of them is submission. To me, it's we are submissive wives. We focus on being stay at home moms. We don't work outside the home. And then things that feel a little bit more dangerous to me, we don't believe in women going to college. We don't believe in women getting the same kinds of education as men. And all of this is couched in very traditionally beautiful images yeah uh yeah and so there i don't I, I i hesitate to use certain adjectives here because i don't want to say pretty and beautiful they're they're they look almost like depictions of 1950s sitcoms mm -hmm. which was never what the world really looked like yeah but it's especially for the majority of human beings in the world but it's this idea of the quote-unquote wholesome, submissive housewife where they're throwing back to a kind of false nostalgia, I think. Right. Right. Well, and if you think about it, this aesthetic is only possible through one, like, television, right? Like the Donna Reed show where you only get these snippets and it's, like, very carefully edited and crafted. Two, on the pages of, you know, Life magazine, Look magazine, 
mm-hmm. where again it's like a very specific narrative and then instagram is just our contemporary version of that where it is you know filters edits all of these things are what make that vision possible and i think that like you you didn't see much of it in say like the 1980s at least not those representations at least those beguiling representations because the tools were not available to the individuals right of course yeah they weren't they just weren't and they just like there was no filters like you just you got your portrait done at olin mills at your church Mm -hmm. and that was like the extent of your ability to portray the perfection and now they're being broadcast to millions and millions of followers, you wrote a really great piece. You've written a lot of really great pieces on this. One of them is my so-called hashtag trad wife life, where Elle asked you to live like a stay-at-home girlfriend for a week. This I, this is the kind of experiential journalism that I have been asked to do for my entire career, so I'm uh-huh. so fucking here for it. <laughs> well, I was so resistant because I was like... Uh, this is like this could come off so wrong right? oh yeah like, this is the oh, sort yeah. of thing that in the hands of a different editor or a different publication this could be really bad um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was grateful that I had I have an editor who at L who understood that what they wanted to do was really to highlight some of the brokenness of this image right right uh, and, like, the, f- the thing that I did, like, immediately was, you know, ask my partner, should I do this? And he's like, you're going to lose money if you do this. Because if you don't work for pay for a week and you only get paid for doing this article, like, you're going to lose money. Um, which is just, like, an interesting thing to think about whenever I allow myself to think about, like, the reality of a trad wife existence. Like... What does that mean to not have any income of your own coming in? And then also, I mean, this is kind of getting which I which I have to say terrifies me. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is my greatest fear. My greatest fear is not having my own my own income and being able to support myself. So I think that there are women who are like you and I. It seems who are very repelled by the idea in part because of whatever happened like for me it's that I watched my parents get divorced when I was in ninth tenth grade and my mom had stayed home for a while and was only slowly like rejoining the workforce and she had stayed home to in part to like further my dad's career and I was like oh this is what happens when you don't always make your own money right Yes. And I've always internalized that. I know a lot of other women my age or older or slightly younger who have also internalized that. I think maybe if you had a different parental situation, then maybe you might think, oh, yeah, it's great to stay home and not have your own money. Right. And you, my mom worked. She was a teacher, but she was also fully dependent on my dad. So he mm. did all of the finance stuff. She just kind of turned a blind eye. And then he died and she found out that he had gotten a second mortgage on the house and she was desperately in debt. Wow. Yeah. 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 So I'm also in charge of the finances for our family. So (laughs) because I need to have that control. Yeah. My my husband and I of eight years have completely separate finances. I I know other women who do that. And I get it. Like, I absolutely get it. 
Time for a quick break. When we get back, we're going to find out what happened with this story, with trying to be a trad wife, or maybe not, for a week. You talk to your partner, the cost-benefit analysis is you're going to lose money on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, okay, so this is just like a classic process piece that is actually about not doing the piece, right? right. So, like, I was like, okay, I would lose money on it. But, okay, I'll, I'll like, investigate what trad wives actually have to do, like, what they actually have to give up, and then see, like, can I do these things? And this is where I happened upon what I think is, like, a subgenre of the trad wife genre, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, larger social media genre, which is people who uh, espouse the, I don't want to work, or like, I'm not going to work, I'm going to let my husband make the money, and I'm going to be passive and domestic. But they don't have the God component, right? It's like, oh, um, it's really distant, distanced from that. It takes all of the elements of that we're doing this because this is what the Bible says we should do. But like most of these people, like the one that I really spent a lot of time with on TikTok, like they they will say vague things about God, but they are clearly not going to church and doing Bible study every week, like the the more visible trad wives. And they have these things, like this list that of things that you do if you're a trad wife that are like, I don't go to the gym without my husband. Um, I always cook the meals that my husband wants me to make. I'm always made up and like wear my hair in the way that he likes and like put on a dress all the time. Like I always get ready for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, And... Like I, all of the finances go to him, you know, just like this, this litany of things. And some of them on that, like, I don't go to the gym without my husband was like, well, I live on a tiny island and the gym is my Peloton downstairs so I can manage that. But then some of them, like, it was like, I don't drive after work to places without my husband. Or I don't, uh, I'm never in a situation with another man, uh, you know, class. (laughs) <laughs> wow classic weird shit uh but i think that well that I, you know the one that i the one that i'm really enjoying actually is uh i don't i wear my hair the way my husband likes it i don't oh, i'll have to ask nick i don't know i don't know how he likes my hair <laughs> this is a thing that's never come up in my eight years of being married well this particular influencer was definitely like doing some marilyn monroe cosplay like she, her hair is very Marilyn. Like there's this famous photo. I, I bet you know exactly which one I'm talking about of Marilyn Monroe in a blue and white checked gingham dress, and it's from a photo shoot she did, I believe, with Life with Arthur Miller. Oh when they yeah, were married. Mm-hmm. I think about that marriage all the time. By I the way. do too. One hundred percent. And she has like the exact dress that I'm sure she got off of. You know mod cloth or something like that and then she does her hair like that and she kind of does this breathy Marilyn voice mm-hmm. so maybe she's just trying to say like my husband likes me to be like Marilyn Monroe and so I I dress up like that I don't know wow I mean these yeah. rules 
these rules are so fundamentalist. Yeah. I, the, and so you're, you're going through them. You're trying to think, okay, which one, which ones are even possible? Right. Um, I'm also thinking in pre- preparation of all the meals. I don't cook. So my, and my husband does, does most of the cooking or we order takeout. And so that would, that would be, that would be a tricky one for mm-hmm. me too. Which yep. ones of these could you follow? Well, I, and you're, like, and you're not married. So you're already, as you wrote yeah, in the story, the living, thing. living in sin. I'm living in sin. Uh, I mean, I could follow, I, I have a, I carry a lot of the mental load for our household. And that's something that, like, my partner and I are constantly interrogating is, like, mm-hmm. how to share some of that mental load. So it wouldn't have been a huge jump for me to go from, like, us splitting up some of those tasks for our house to me just making the list and doing it all myself. Right? Okay. Right. Um, right. Which would be easier if I wasn't working for pay. Right? I could just do all those things instead of doing, and this is kind of the crux of my piece, is I... the. Instead of doing the two or three jobs that I do now, and that a lot of people stay at home or people who are working for pay outside the home and who also do work in their home, they feel like they're doing, you know, the the famous second shift or the third shift. I would just be doing those. I would be doing fewer jobs, technically. That's the attractive piece for me. Yeah, that's it. But when I get bored... You'd be like, oh, I guess I got to scrub the floor again today. Today, because I, I, you know, I don't have anything else that I'm allowed to do because I yeah. can't leave my house without my husband. <laughs> yeah, the, the only attractive part of it, I have to say, is that I do feel it's not even two or three jobs anymore. I feel like I have five or six jobs yeah. as a content creator, an author. I'm just constantly, the hustle is fucking real. Yeah. And the idea sometimes these accounts just just watching watching them and if i can take out some of the, some of the jesus talk i think wow they must be very relaxed despite no. the fact that they're cleaning their whole house but they're like, not they, relaxed they so this is one the thing job. they've one job i would like to have one job no but you don't th- feel relaxed i i think that that is such a farce yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's just my desire to have one job which yeah. It probably isn't even real. I would be so fucking bored if I had one job. But well, but it's also like, you know, the old joke about, like, I wish I had a wife, right? Mm-hmm. That's also a fantasy about having one job. And yes. that job is your, actu- like, the job that you get paid to do. So what would that be like? For me, that would be more enjoyable than only doing housework. Because, yes. like, I don't loathe cleaning the house. I I don't find it fulfilling. Like, I can find it gratifying because like, I like a clean house. Same. But it's not something that I, like, wake up in the morning and I'm like, you know what I just love doing is vacuuming. <laughs> cleaning shit. And, and if people yeah. say that they like cleaning shit, like, it's because they like the end process. It's not like, I don't know. I It's complicated, I think. I think but it's sometimes complicated. You, sometimes people are like, my hobby is home organization and i'm like there's something larger going on here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i feel but. that i feel that very deeply i do <laughs> because i'm satisfied when things are organized i don't love yeah. the process um, which is why i listen to podcasts or i watch shitty tv while i organize things um instead of just 
focusing on it. But now we're now we're going off on so many so many, so, wonder, sorry, sorry. so many wonderful <laughs> so many wonderful tangents. Um, the, and the uh, and the avoiding opposite sex friendships is amazing to me too. Yeah, yeah. I remember when uh, you know, when Mike Pence was running for vice president alongside Donald Trump, there was some I think from liberal circles some amazed discourse that like he would not be in a room alone with a woman. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's to- that like that is normal within that under like within that christian culture you never are in the room with someone of an opposite sex alone and part of this is this understanding that like you will always somehow women are always like even if they don't mean to be that they are always evil seductresses who will tempt men right always they are just like (laughs) and that it is women's job first and foremost to not be objects of temptation but not put themselves in situations where they would also tempt their quote-unquote Christian brothers. Right. So it is your job to not put yourself in that situation, not because, like, you would flirt with other people, but because you would also be harming your Christian brothers. Right, right. And we don't want to harm them. We don't. No, because, you know, they're not in control of their emotions or their sexual urges. No, or their sexual urges. They cannot control them. No. My my favorite story about that is one of my friends was one of the first women cops in Philadelphia, and she fought to be a police officer. It wasn't allowed for women to be police officers before 1974, and they wouldn't let the women ride in the police cars with the male police officers because they're like, you're just a bunch of whores. And you're like clearly going to try to have sex with these men. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just this understanding of women as like <laughs> we just... sex activators and stuff, right? <laughs> yes. yes. An amazing sex activation machine. <laughs> Can't be controlled. <laughs> it's the submission that gets me. It's a submission that makes me nervous. I don't necessarily agree with all of the articles that say, hey, so many young girls are going to be influenced by these women to not go to college or to be submissive. But by the same token, I do know some young women, and we have a lot of young podcast producers. We have a whole army of babysitters because, again, I can't do this myself. I'm failing every day at everything that I'm doing. Uh who do follow some of these accounts and who who do tell me things like, well, yeah, no, I mean, I don't maybe I I, I don't think that I want I want to work. I don't want to hustle. And I'm wondering how much these accounts actually do influence some young women. Well, I think there's a real difference between like anti-hustle culture and I want to like sublimate my ind- identity to my husband's. Right. Yes. Yes. 100%. And I think that, like, that is where the sweet spot is, is, like, I want to resist, like, hashtag girl boss. But the way to resist that is not by becoming a trad wife. <laughs> like, I think that this is where I think you get the stay-at-home girlfriend trend, yes. which is slightly different, right? And I, like, when my editor at Elle asked me to do this, she was like, you know, we're looking at trad wives, but also stay-at-home girlfriends. And stay-at-home girlfriends, to me, seems like a slightly different component, like, these women may or may not have gone to college like they are much more focused in like preserving themselves as um 
ideal femininity in terms like society's ideal femininity. So they do a lot of Pilates on screen in like, you know, uh, what's the brand I'm thinking of? Like in matching like tank There's top. The like aloe. Little... Aloe. Yeah. 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 The A-L-L-O. Aloe. Yeah. yeah. And they I... like, they like make chia bowls for them and their husband and live in like beautiful high rises and they don't have kids. Like this is a, an important component. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they're younger, right? Like and they're it younger. would be interesting to yeah. see what happens to those people in 10 years. Like that to me, I can see how that if you were a younger person, You'd be like, that's aspirational because I just consume all the time. I consume or consume and then also like tighten my body. There's a lot of like there is a lot of crossover with these young women in body tightening slash wellness. Yeah. Whereas I think think a lot of trad wives like someone like ballerina wife or ballerina farm um, and she's an LDS influencer who overlaps with some of these trad life trad wife uh, aspirations. She's not consuming per se, even though her farm is filled with things that are actually very expensive, even if they look cheap or not expensive, they are very expensive. Yes. She is like creating. And that is, I think, tapping a different well of desire, which is what if I got to like cook cool things all day? Right. Yeah. What if I got to be a creative, like do my domestic creativity product, like things that are I can only do as hobbies now. What if I got to do that all day? Right, right. Which I think is very attractive to a lot of yeah. people. And that's that's what I wanted to ask you next. What do you think? These accounts have millions of followers. And not all of them, but some of them have millions of followers. And, you know, a lot of them have in the high tens of thousands of followers. Mm-hmm. What is attractive about these accounts? Why do they why do they get so many followers? Well, I think sometimes people underestimate just how many evangelical Christians there are in the United States. Right? And yes. I they... no, I no longer <laughs> underestimate it after Donald after Donald Trump's election, actually. Or people who like believe in that ideal and aren't maybe necessarily going to church every week, but like, you know, this is the the type of religious person that is very is more common in America now than ever before is someone who says like they are a religious person, but if asked when they go to church, they're like, I don't go to church, right? Like this, Donald Trump is the model of this. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, but I think that the same way that like, I don't know, there's people that I follow, influencers that I follow who are uh, creative but like feminist and like flippant or um people doing like cool queer design of different things like those people for a lot of evangelical christians like that those aren't people that they can follow so who do they follow for lifestyle content essentially like this is their version of a beauty magazine for evangelical christians that's cool yeah and that and we say that all the time on this podcast that this is a lot of these social media feeds and a lot of these TikToks are the equivalent of an old school beauty magazine. Yeah. The same way that I grew up and I'm sure you grew up consuming things like Sassy or Vogue or Glamour. And oh my God, Mademoiselle just popped into my head. (laughs) Uh, YM. Oh, YM. 
why didn't what did that stand for? Was it Young Miss? Young and Modern. Young and Modern. Young and Modern, not Young Miss. But uh, these are the modern day equivalent, I think, of magazines. It's just a different form of media. And so, yeah, this is this is what you would scroll through if if this is the kind of thing I think that appeals to you. And there are there are certain things that do appeal to me in some of on some of these accounts as well. You know, I get very sucked into something like how do I make a meal for nine kids, which you mentioned in your newsletter. But you know what? Do you know what I do with that reel? Forward it to my husband. And I'm like, <laughs> look how you can make a meal for nine kids. Uh, I mean, I, I find the performance of motherhood on social media really exhausting. Like, yeah. to me, it always looks very exhausting. Uh, and I like so I think that that component of it to me is like. Oof. Uh, I think that sometimes it's a way that like the performance of it is a way to like. Even the stuff that's like real talk, this is what my life was like or whatever that you see both in trad wife influencers, but mm-hmm. also non trad wife influencers. Uh, it feels like a subterfuge or like a way for us to be to deflect from their their real problem with motherhood in America, which is that like we are still pretending that every family is arranged like a trad wife family, mm-hmm. when that is not the case for the vast majority of families and shouldn't be the case. Like we're a different society. So how do we create supports for that? We're not because we are legislating in a way that is trying desperately to again pretend that this is like the reality that we can go back to when it, again it was not the reality for the vast majority of Americans even in the 1950s right exactly. and it's not the reality for the vast majority of Americans now so that to me like I, I sometimes I get frustrated at, and fatigued with that like it's just an aesthetic distraction from actually grappling with these larger issues and I understand why like at any point in time, we often glom to those things instead of dealing with the real issue. Right. But yeah. But yeah, no, but it is a distraction. And I think it, clearly it's hard to distill all of the st- systemic issues that make motherhood in America feel impossible into a beautiful reel. Yeah. Uh, but I think that it does distract us from the larger point of the labor that women are putting in. And I watch a lot of these trad wife accounts and make no mistake, what they're doing is work. They are running or, you know, an entire home. What, What women, what mothers do in the home is work. And so I don't want to take away from that. But when... The, the idea becomes this is the only work that women should be allowed to do. That's when it becomes so, oh. so incredibly troublesome. There's a lot of things that the transformed wife. Are you, so you still follow her? Yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of things she says that that, you know, she says things like young women waste their most fertile, beautiful years pursuing a college education and a career rather than marrying, bearing children and guiding the home this is not or she says things like you should make yourself available to your husband and his urges at all times at all times at all times like just this like sexual like availability that um, yeah uh 
Yes, I still follow her. Is yeah. what I'm not <laughs> short of it. Um, here's the thing: I had not followed her before I read your newsletter, and now I don't know. I mean, I might not unfollow her. Just I mean, I'm now I'm so incredibly curious about her to be honest i'm curious yeah. but i but my and my listeners are so curious about this world and maybe that says a little bit about who my influencers are they are not trad wives most of them are still involved in the quote-unquote hustle culture uh yeah trying to be we don't we don't say the word girl boss anymore and also my friends are all in their 40s so like partner lady or whatever career yeah. lady is and <laughs> And they have said to me that some of like some of this, it is appealing only in the fact that it is a grass is greener thing. It's that, yeah. oh, my gosh, I would love not to be taking this deposition right now and to be making an apple crisp. But, oh, I also forgot that I hate cooking and I am, have never made an apple crisp in my life. And I, I don't even know what the things that go into an apple crisp. But it, it is <laughs> it, it is a grass is greener kind of thing which I think about with Ballerina Farm a lot, and we talked about this in another episode. It, no, farm work is hard. Farm work is crippling labor. It is, yeah. it is not easy breezy hobby farm beautiful the way that she makes it seem. Yeah. And yet there's all these people that follow her. And I see in the comments too, they're like, gosh, I just wish that I had this farm life. And it's like, you have no idea the hell it is to milk a cow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think about this a lot, actually, with gardening, because it's my hobby. And there is a real temptation with if you follow certain influencers to think like, oh, if I made my like gardening into my full time life, if I just grew dahlias all the time, like how beautiful my life would be. But then there is this whole other culture of influencers that are like, here is all the hard fucking work I do, right? Like, mm -hmm. here is me. <laughs> like, here is every, like, they really spell out, not in a way that I feel like is shamey. It's just more like, this is what it's actually like to to run a flower farm. Yes. And not to easy. me, it's a job. Yeah. And to me, I think that that is what I appreciate because what they're influencing is like, jobs are jobs, right? Like, a trad wife's job as a wife, like, in this position like that is a job like they are working hard and especially if they're making is... themselves available to their husbands all the all time, the time. <laughs> god that, that sounds is... so exhausting and also in a lot of these cases you know not using birth control so they are pregnant constantly. all of the time constantly or <laughs> they're mm -hmm. pregnant a lot or nursing a lot mm -hmm. um their bodies are not their own for a long time like you are putting your body to work in a way that is it takes a real toll. And it's a real I think, toll. Yeah. But here's the thing is that women in those positions are taught like essentially to empty out their reaction to things, right? Like your mm -hmm. feelings about something do not matter. And you replace that with here is what the Bible says I should feel about this situation. And if you are not feeling that, then you are sinning, right? So I think that that like you replace unhappiness with like, I just need to be better. Like if I if I am more passive to my husband, then I will be happier because that is God's plan for me. Right. Right. The irony in this though is, and maybe maybe I'm wrong here, but I want to throw it out because 
what I realized about influencers doing this podcast and all of the reporting that I've done is that it's not as easy as it looks and content creation is is a job and they are working and there many of them are indeed making money off of this and yes. so they are like they do have a business they are working they are yeah. putting in time that is not just running their homes and so that seems like an anathema to what they claim their values are because they definitely are putting in work well this is i mean there are <laughs> There are contradictions at the heart of this entire worldview, right? Like, I mean, I just think about this all the time with like, here's a religion that is ostensibly built on the teachings of Jesus Christ that also like hates gay and trans people, mm -hmm. like is xenophobic, like all of these different things that honestly were at the heart of my own leaving Christianity behind. But you live, you learn to live with those sorts of contradictions. Right. Right. Yeah. Because well, if you can't live with them, what do you do? It's just, yeah, it's, it, yes. Yeah, no you pray way. about it. You pray. You, well, you, <laughs> you pray. say like, you pray well, this about is like, it. I pray to see if God, like, does God support the, me doing this? Right. Like there, there mm -hmm. are different narratives that you can, that are easy to weave in terms of like. I'm making this money to support my family or like I'm this like I run this business that's part of my Instagram influencing, but it's also me spreading God's word, that sort of thing. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> there's so much. There's so much to, 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 to take in here. I did. I looked at one Chad Wife account today and now I don't remember which one it was, but it was encouraging all all of the followers to wear a dress all the time. Yeah. And they and they said that they had been told by their father, and I've seen this in other Trad Wife accounts, they'd been told by their father when they were growing up that if they needed to change their mood or they needed to feel great about their day, all they had to do was put on a dress. Yeah. yeah like, that, and, you know, there's nothing about a dress that is inherent, like the cut of a dress that is inherently feminine. Like, it's not like oh, if you don't have room for two legs, like if you're not tailored for two legs, that that is like a, a feminine thing. Like I think of all sorts of different cultures that don't necessarily like think of pants and dresses as gendered in these sorts of ways. Right, yeah. But th within that understanding, when you step into the dress, you are essentially stepping into your submission. Yes, you're stepping into your role. Yeah. Um, and so I, I will tell you that in anticipation of our conversation today, I was feeling shitty earlier and I did put on a dress. <laughs> and it was one of those, I, I, I put on a very purposeful dress. It was one of those long, flowy, prairie doan dresses that I've been yeah, 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 influenced yeah. to buy many times. And then I tripped down the goddamn stairs <laughs> because I was trying to carry. That's a metaphor. A dozen things. That is a metaphor for the trad wife life. Like, yeah. You're trying to carry a dozen things. Trying to That's carry amazing. a dozen things. And yeah, I just, I fell, fell right down the stairs in my dress. 
And so I took it off, put my, put my sweatpants back on, and then forwarded my husband what I want for dinner. <laughs> break time. Quick break time. When we get back, we're going to talk just a little bit more about whether the Tradwives are fulfilled or empty and dead inside. You know, one thing I think about is how much of this identity is women, when they were young, especially if they grew up in, in this religious tradition, like they have always been told to empty out, to eradicate, to, to stifle any questioning thought, anything that is different than the norm, than the status quo within their church. Like there's just so little room for the development of an identity, mm -hmm. right? Of like figuring out who you are what you actually want, what it feels like to know what you want, those sorts of things. And so the trad wife becomes a convenient identity, right? It's like, this is who I am. I get it now, right? Like the, I can, I, I identify with this, like this feels right. But really what it is is that there's been so little opportunity to actually figure out what knowing what you want even feels like. I think that that is so in incredibly true. There hasn't been the space to figure out what you want. And that's, and that's yeah. not just for women in evangelical circles. I think that women generally haven't historically been given enough space to think about what do we want and yeah. what will actually make us feel fulfilled and, and make us happy. Um, in that in in that way, the trad wives are all of us. Right. Well, and that's the thing, too, is I think sometimes there is a danger in this discourse. And I saw it in like comments on my piece of people who actually hadn't read the piece. Like. Are you demonizing stay at home moms like no, 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 mm -mm. no. All this is all about agency. Right. And I think that sometimes it's it's difficult to not fall into that trap of like. Well, everyone's choosing their choice. Like even trad wives are choosing their choice when sometimes there is some false consciousness here in terms of like, are you choosing it or are you choosing from the menu, the very brief menu of options that are available to you? Exactly. Like exactly. basically you can be a trad wife or you can be a missionary. That's like. Right. If you're a woman. If you're a woman. Right. And that's and I will say I some of the most badass, hardworking women that I know are stay-at-home moms and make make no mistake, they are Absolutely. working. And that is the choice they've made for themselves and their family. Tradwife feels like something totally different to me than stay-at-home yes. mom. It feels like offering, like you said, two choices or really ultimately zero choices. And it is also the submissive element because the stay-at-home moms that I know are the goddamn boss in their house. Yep. <laughs> uh, there is nothing submissive about them. But like, the defining characteristic of the trad wife is the submissiveness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this conversation so much. <laughs> well, I could I, obviously. I mean, when it, so I wrote this piece for Elle, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, there's so many things that I didn't actually touch on in that piece because it was limited by time and space and that sort of thing. So I had to write a, like a lot more in my newsletter. And I didn't I didn't anticipate how popular that newsletter would be. It speaks to how popular this like conversation is. 
What were the comments like on that newsletter? Um, I think a lot of people, either you know this world or you don't. Right, right. And a lot of um, people I know didn't know it until I started yeah. talking about it on the podcast. Yep. And it's not necessarily that the people who know it are, like, Christians, right? This is something that, like, people, they're, you know, the same reason that people who weren't moms and who weren't Mormon read Mormon mommy blogs in the 2000s and early 2010s, like, there is a voyeurism element to some of this. Totally. Of course Or a gossip is. element, too. Like, what is happening with this family? Blah, blah, blah. I actually don't think that trad wives give any good gossip. Um, no, it doesn't seem so. It doesn't seem it's so. It's not, like, no. interesting. Mm -mm. And I've looked. There's, there's no tension because they can't express any sort of doubt because mm -hmm. that itself. Like, it has to be like, I was feeling down and then I prayed and then I felt better kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there hasn't been a real problems. there hasn't been a real trad wife scandal yet. Either. No, no. Um, that has really sucked me in. Unlike the Mormon mom influencers who give us scandals all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that like the response for some of my readers. And especially male readers was what the fuck? <laughs> You know? Yeah. And then there were some people who were like, this makes total sense. This is part of a much larger backlash um, that is that has been gaining steam. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned this a little bit in the newsletter, but there's a whole nother direction you could go that's really emphasizing how much of especially the like really mainstream trad wives, like the the super trad wives, like how much of this has to do with white supremacy, both explicitly and more furtively. Uh, so there was some conversation about that because I, I absolutely think that's the case. And um, Sayward Darby's book, what, what's it called? Um, it's about I'm Googling um, Sisters in Hate. Sayward Darby's book, Sisters in Hate, which is about American women that are involved in white extremism mm -hmm. broadly, but like trad wives are a big part of it. So I think that connects some dots for people. So if they were familiar with her work, they were like, oh, yes, I know about this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and, you know, like growing up in North Idaho, like I and then doing reporting there, especially over the past couple of years, back when I used to live in Montana, like I met trad wives who don't have an Instagram presence, right? Like they are just trad wives. They just live in North Idaho and like live this as their truth. And so and it has incredible political ramifications. So I think some there's some like, oh, my gosh, these ridiculous Instagram accounts. Why do you follow them? And then there's some that's like, I have seen the effect of these people on the political landscape of my state, on the educational landscape of my state. Like this stuff is really important. We have to take it seriously. It is really important. I mean, I think the thing about influencers, and I say this a lot, is you're someone who has done so much research into the world of celebrity from an academic standpoint. So I, I think you'll you'll get what I'm saying here is that influencers are now often as influential as some celebrities. They have. Oh, yeah. They have so many followers. They do induce people not just to buy things, but to think things. And I believe they should be covered the same way that I believed 20 years ago, celebrities should be covered because when you have influence over people, journalism should hold you accountable. Yeah. And yeah. and I believe that is now influencers have reached that point 
And I think that journalism should now hold them accountable. We should be talking about this world. We should be talking about how they influence our thoughts and our ideas and our culture. I mean, they're called influencer. They're called, they're, they're <laughs> like, they're actually called influencers. Well, yeah. and I think of them, you know how like celebrity is this large understanding that this term that we have to describe someone who is a public figure who is known for something, right? And who maybe has a persona that is, we can talk a little bit about like a public persona that they present to the world and that is consumable and then a private persona. So oftentimes there is that delineation. And this is true even for reality stars and influencers. But under that huge umbrella, you know, we have movie stars, musicians, television stars, like there is some overlap between those two, but I think that there was like a resistance to put influencers under that umbrella for some reason. Mm -hmm. I think just because people thought that they like, you know, they're famous for not being, for, they're famous for being famous. Like they have no skill, but they do have a skill. Their skill is influencing people. They are celebritized individuals. And so they should be underneath that scale in the same way. That's all I got for this week, guys. Do you have more questions than answers? Because I have more questions than answers. And that's my fault as the host of this show. It is. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to Anne Helen Peterson's Culture Studies Substack. It is a must read and it is always a dose of joy and brilliance for me. Also listen to her podcast, Work Appropriate. And now for my vicious self-promotion, if you love this show, give us a review, tell a friend, tell your husband, tell your mom, tell your neighbor. It all helps. It all helps. And also, hey, pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance because I am a sales freaking monster right now. And if you do, maybe I'll show up at your house, dressed like a trad wife, and ask you to cook me dinner.